money mindset. to episode three of Millennial Money Mindset, where we give you some guidance on how best to invest your money or just to start investing and thinking about your future. We've already touched on how it can impact your mental health. Many of us worry about money, but we spoke previously about the five best tips for would-be investors, and now we're going to talk about the five mistakes would-be investors make. So... Neil, in terms of those five mistakes, what is number one? So number one is um, investing in the latest fad. So we talked a lot about investing versus speculation. So there's always a new thing out, new technology. And um, yeah, technology like Bitcoin is always a topic that uh, my clients talk about and how the blockchain technology is going to be in the future. The technology itself, yeah, um, it's amazing. It's going to change the future, similar to what the internet um, has done um, in the past, in the 90s, etc. But um, we need to know, essentially, are you speculating or are you investing? With um, with Bitcoin, for instance, are you jumping on a... Uh, the, the quicker things go up, tend to the quicker just to come down as well. So, like Bitcoin, it rose really quickly, but then again, it can come down quite quickly as what well. What would you say the reason for that rise and that fall was? So, it's just the energy behind it. I mean, I think people couldn't see the future of how uh, blockchain, the technology, can it, it's going to make things easier um, and using how that, that technology will actually go on and improve people's lives. It's, it's very similar to, I, I remember the first stock I bought was lastminute.com. Um, in the internet uh, age, I bought one stock um, and looking back now, that's, probably, that's one of the riskiest things you can do to buy one company in a stock, mm. especially in, um, in kind of an unknown market like the internet. I mean, people didn't know if you ask people on the streets um, in the in the 90s what Google or what I mean Amazon was what yeah. Netflix was or what Google was like people didn't, didn't know these because these companies hadn't been established it's, I mean the companies um, in next they're going to change the world in the next 20, 20 years not even envisaged today so um, but from an investment point of view for building long term wealth um, kind of putting all your money into one uh, Bad um, is not a good way. Essentially, putting all your money, uh, all your eggs in one basket, not to speak, so to speak. Um, but yeah, kind of. Also, it comes around to the points we made in episode two, where we talked about research. Yeah. If your research is literally because there's hype, that's yeah. not research, is yeah. it? That's yeah. a fad, and yeah, you're just yeah. being drawn along with the hype. Yeah, yeah, and it's human emotion as well. It's quite. Um, it's easy to get kind of caught up. We're, we're, humans are emotional creatures, and there's different parts of the brain that light up when there's um, everyone kind of wants to be on the bandwagon. And um, it's it, it comes back to investing is simple, but it's not easy. Like sometimes it's quite difficult to not um, to put all your money into Bitcoin and kind of lose it all. I mean, I'm not against. I would say four percent of your portfolio should be or could be for what I call gift or gamble. So either you can use it's it's. It's essentially managing your portfolio sensibly, and the technology today is you, you can do that with your portfolio compared to what you could have done 10, 20 years ago. There's no way you could kind of, um, the ease of buying and selling shares today, it's, it's amazing what you can do. It's more, you're more, um, the hardest thing is managing yourself. That's essentially what I'm trying to teach people. So one of the, I think, 
emotions that she'd fight against from what you're alluding to is probably FOMO, a yeah. fear of missing out. Yeah, exactly. So you see a lot of people buying, and you just you don't want to be the person who doesn't make millions. Yeah. As we've seen with Bitcoin, a lot of people have lost a lot of money yeah, rather yeah. than become super rich. Yeah. So yeah. what would be your tip number two be? So spending more than you can earn. So not having or spending yeah more than you actually make. Um, so wealth is not the same as income. So you can make a lot of money, but you can have a big income, but then you can spend it all. So really, it's building long term wealth is. There's a um, there's a great book about this this postman who basically um, basically built up a massive portfolio just by on a real small income just by doing real sensible things like investing every month. Like you don't necessarily need to be have a massive income to build long term wealth. You mm. can do simple things um, that can pay off in the long term. Like we talked about compound interest, yeah. just having ten percent of your salary, yeah. at least ten percent of your salary going yeah. through. It's like getting uh, as a an MIT lecturer called Scott Galloway and he talked about how like you said it's yeah. different between wealth and income yeah. he said you could be a millionaire yeah. but if you've got 999,000 yeah. expenses yeah. then you're not really in the millionaire exactly. so it's about managing what you have so in terms of tip three what would it be? so try not to time the market so this is um, I mean I used to trade gas so basically my job used to be to look at the graphs and try to time the market so it's kind of Ironic that I'm saying don't do this, but so then elaborate what time the market means for so lay people. So it's like trying to look at trying to look at a graph and seeing when's a good time to buy and when a good time to sell is. This is going down the trading route, so you're actually buying and selling, using kind of trading and not investing. So if you're looking to build long-term wealth, to buy to try and time the market is you're going to get caught out eventually, and also because not just because you might buy at the wrong time, but also broker feed. So every time you buy and sell a stock or an asset, you're paying um, you're, you're paying a broker fee to actually transact this. And also you're paying tax as well. So it's a bit like if you're buying a house um, and you buy, buy a house two or three times a year, you're buy, paying, you know, stamp you're paying stamp duty, duty, you're paying, you know, estate agent fees, you're paying. So it's trying to get in and out of the market, trying to, trying to tie the market. It's not necessarily, you're going to, I, I'm just trying to make things as easy as possible and to try and time the market. Um, these these things like um, essentially erode what you're doing long term. It's better to yeah do all the good stuff we're talking about, like invest for the long term and have a diverse portfolio. So we're kind of trying to say that just because you've maybe read one book or done a little bit of research, you're not a trader. Just yeah. take your time. And also it's knowing what your outcome, knowing what your aims and objectives are. By knowing, we talked about having a long-term plan, by having that long-term plan, you, it reduces the, the need to think you're buying and selling all the time. And the, the media are terrible at this because um, the front page says this stock is going up or this, or because, I mean, I saw in a newspaper today, um, Honda losing lots of jobs. And, yeah. and it's, it's, it's coming back to that mindset as well, of that emotional part of your brain kind of lights up and it's, it gives that fight or flight thing where you're like, oh, I've got to get out of the market because I'm, you, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really that, we're emotional creatures and that kind of the, the hormones that are released when we see that kind of fight or flight uh, reaction um, it's not a good way to build long term wealth so I'd say that's one of the mistakes to try and time the market rather than time in the market where you're essentially paying yourself first in every month and it kind of drip feed that into the market long term so then our next mistake for people to avoid would be well it's more knowing how much is enough so knowing what um, coming back to knowing your 
plan knowing how much um, you want to live on for the rest of your life. So it's having the difference between do you want a big lifestyle where you need much more assets or much more um, income or having a small lifestyle where you're, um, yeah, you, you, because you might not have those elaborate lifestyles that you don't necessarily need to live on, um, you don't need that kind of huge lifestyle, that assets. So if that, it's coming down to different personalities as well. If you're, if you want the big cars and the kind of the big team, that's fine. It's not, it don't make any problem. You're just going to have to build more lifestyles to support. You're going to have to um, have more assets to support you in that, uh, to pay that income in your, in your retirement when you stop working. So the way that when Neil explains this to me, the way that I understood it was kind of like, if we go back to the seed analogy, if you plant that seed and your tree is yielding lots of fruit, just how much fruit are you expecting to eat yeah. when you get to a certain age? You just don't want to be wasting fruit. You want to yeah. be also living in the present and enjoying yeah. life. So don't invest too much. Exactly. Or well, then alternatively, you can say, actually, right, two, three years, I'm going to work really, really hard. So two, three years, because you know you're young and you, you can, um, yeah, you're like, right, I'm going to dedicate to, and then you're actually going to build loads of assets. And you're like, right, I've built enough pot, and now I can essentially take it easy because you've built all those assets. And there's a big movement called FIRE. So, um, and it we stand, it's an acronym for um, retire early, uh, sorry, financial independence, retire early. So if you have those assets, you can essentially say, right, I've got enough to live on for the rest of my life. You don't have to go and work for that boss that you don't necessarily like. You, you don't have to you know, sit next to that person uh, because you need that income. If you've built up enough assets over your, your life, you can have another, or even you can work a side job and uh, create a business in your side um, uh, as a side project, and that can be kind of fueling, or that can essentially be giving you more of an income to live on for the rest of your life. So you can have life. that secondary income that everyone always talks about. Yeah. So you're not reliant on that one income stream. Yeah. So in terms of our fifth tip, am I So I made a mistake when I first started investing is not to put it into a tax-efficient vehicle. So in the UK, you've got um, an ISA where you can put £20,000 into an ISA, which is um, essentially like a car. Think of it like a car where you put petrol in. Well, a tax-efficient vehicle is like a hybrid car where that petrol, or because it's a hybrid, it will get you further than if you just put, um, if you just invest outside of that tax um, kind of asset, that, that kind of tax uh, wrapper, so to speak. And this is also where the government are basically wanting you to invest, yeah. to secure your future by hopefully yeah. putting some money aside. Exactly. So taxes, I mean, tax is a good thing. So it pays for schools, it pays for hospitals, it pays for our roads. So I'm not saying we're not trying to get away from paying tax. Everyone to live in a good society we all pay tax yeah. but the, there are good things that government can do to encourage people to invest for the future because there is a, a retirement cliff edge coming up where people aren't putting enough money especially millennials we're not putting enough away for our retirement so the government have kind of give these tax efficient schemes um, to help you get to where you want to get to quicker so it's a bit like I think of it like smoking like smoking is obviously terribly bad for our health mm. and we all know that we didn't and the government put a tax on smoking, so um, it discourages us from smoking because it causes cancers or all that bad stuff. Um, but on the flip side, um, like the government puts tax and uh, incentive suit to encourage us to invest. So things like ISIS, even pensions. So the quickest way to get thrown out of a house by is start talking about pensions. <laughs> because, um, it's, it's, it's the most fun surgery you can have at a house by. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the 
thing is there are there's a um, new legislation that's come in and it's like auto enrollment where your your employer has to now by law has to um, basically enroll you in a pension and you get the, your employer um, basically tops up uh, what you put in and also there's government gives in gives you um, and that's even if you're in a part-time contract from one yeah job. exactly so yes this is really uh, encouraging people to invest for the long term so if you were to give someone a piece of advice and you can only choose one of your five in terms of the biggest thing that people should avoid doing which one would it be um, that's a great question it's, it's like any guidance it's very individual to the yeah. person so I would say um, well the, the five step methodology that I go through is each step you have to do it in order so mm-hmm. if you do it out of order it doesn't necessarily as work as as, it, as good as, as well as it could be but I think for me it's um, yeah, having enough like knowing how much is enough um, and then basically how much you're going to live on for the rest of your life so a good indicator is 25 times what your earnings is at the moment so if you have your earnings times that by 25 that's how many much assets you need to live on for the rest of your life um, and then that's yeah real mindset change where I was like well actually I just need to get to this amount and it's once I know that amount then I can essentially go right I can almost it gives you a time back so time is the most precious asset we have so mm. if you have enough assets then you can be I, I don't have to work at crazy hours I was when I was a trader, you'd work 12-hour days. You're like, why, why do I do this? If you've got enough assets, and you can do something that's more meaningful with your time. You can work for that charity because you feel like you're doing something with, you know, and it's, yeah, it's a real, that was a mindset change for me. So we've talked about a mindset change. We've given you the five mistakes that people make. But as usual, we're going to end with a chapter from Neil's book. And today he's going to talk to you about why you should have an emergency fund. So yeah, emergency fund is, so it's like a cash buffer for three months of any expenses that you have. So think of it like, um, I think of it like a fire extinguisher at work. You don't want to use it, but it's there in case for emergency. So if there is a fire, for instance, that it's not going to burn the whole place down. So I think of it like a, if a cash, a three month of expenses, they're sat in the background that you don't want to touch uh, unless, say for instance, um, the, if you own a house, the boiler breaks down then you can use it for that. Or if, um, I don't know, if you lose your job unexpectedly, then you can dip into that, that emergency fund. And it's, it's coming back to the mindset change. So having that as a, a, as a that buffer is, is a comfort that whatever happens in life, you, you can lose your job. You can, um, I don't know, you can, if anything, you might have to fly across the, the, the world to, um, for, I don't know, for a funeral, for any, anything, any bad stuff can happen. But by having that cash buffer there, it's almost like, and it's, um, it's like a stoic coming to a kind of stoic philosophy and it's anything can happen what's the worst case scenario and that can happen but you have essentially like a cash buffer to look after yourself to essentially yeah that your financial house doesn't burn down by uh, having to go into yeah, your investments or your um, kind of the assets you've bought, built up over time exactly like having that emergency fund as Neil was already uh, spoken about could be you've lost your job, could be an unforeseen circumstance in your home, could be a funeral in the family. It's one of those assets, 
one of the better words that you can dip into when you don't know an unexpected thing has happened. So it's been one of those episodes where we talked about a lot. Hopefully you've got some serious information. Once again, if you do need any more guidance, make sure you follow Neil on social media. You can tweet me or you can at me as well. And make sure you grab a copy of Neil's book. But we'll see you again for another episode. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Thank you. This is Millennial Money Mindset Podcast. My name is Neil Doig. I'm the CEO and founder of Money Tips. Uh, my book, Millennial Money Mindset, is also on Amazon. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, check out my e-course, my brand new e-course called Football Formation Asset Allocation. It's a simple five-step method to get money mindset, and that's on Udemy. And Udemy is like um, the uh, learning platform. Um, I'll teach you how to build your investing portfolio around a football team. So thanks once again and hope to see you soon. Money. Mindset. I think that sounds right.